And so um, we've been talking about the power that God gives the believer, and today is our last series. And uh, we're going to be talking about today uh, the power that God gives us, the believer, to endure suffering. We're going to talk about the power of prayer, and then we're going to talk about, in conclusion, um, that there's power uh, as we come together as believers. Uh, I want to say, Steve, thank you um, for the music this morning. It was outstanding, as always, spirit-led. The video was just absolutely appropriate to the title and occasion in which we're going to talk about today. I was in a revival last week, vis uh, visiting a revival last week, and uh, the preacher of the hour uh, was saying as he was preaching the text, he said, Lord, he said, uh, help me preach this thing like I feel it. And, and then I was listening to some gospel music later on in the week, and uh, the gospel artist said on the recording, she said, Lord, let me sing this thing the way I feel it. And so I kind of feel like that this morning. I, I want the Lord to uh, allow me to preach this thing the way I feel it because I believe that this series about the power that God gives the believer is literally transforming and can change lives. If you take the scriptures over the series of this, this uh, over the series of these messages and study them and and meditate on them and pray over them, they will transform your life. I believe that with everything that's in me and, and because it has um, done something to me on the inside. And so before we deal with the text this morning, let us pray. Most gracious and all-wise God, uh, the preaching hour has arrived and you have called your servant to this place to be able to deliver your word to your people and Father, I cannot do it without you. I need you, Lord, to step forward and to use me and to speak through me to these, your children, that they might be able to receive a word from the law. Father, I pray this morning for open hearts and receiving ears this morning that your folk might hear you. I pray, O oh Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be found pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O oh, my Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let me say, y'all, if you have a child in Sunday school, time going to be tight, we, we're running a little behind, uh, a child in Sunday school that you need to go get, uh, please don't feel bad about leaving and going to get your child out of Sunday school, okay? It's okay. Uh, we want to make everybody happy. So, um, the scripture for this morning is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. And again, I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation, uh, and whatever version of the Bible you have is fine. It reads, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. 
even when we are weighed down with trouble. It is for your comfort and salvation. For when we, for when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our suffering, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the providence of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raised the dead. And he did rescue us from a mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. I'm going to talk, teach, and preach from the subject the power to endure suffering. No one enjoys suffering, but yet suffering is a necessary and normal part of life, and yes, even the Christian experience. Scripture says that when we come and accept Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we can expect hardships and suffering to increase. Suffering will indeed come. But God has given us grace and power to overcome every trial, every temptation that comes in our life for the purpose of fulfilling our call and our purpose for the mission of his kingdom. Jesus gave his disciples some sound advice. Uh, and it's timely for us today, and it's found in John 16 and 33. He says this, these things that I have spoken to you, that in me you will have peace in the world. You will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Because Jesus has overcome the world and its problems, he has given us the promise and the assurance of his peace that we will have in the midst of struggle. Suffering has always posed a problem for men. It could be disease, accidents, trial, abuse, death. No matter what the suffering is, everybody will suffer at some time. So we ought to expect suffering. It is inevitable. But don't forget the powerful resources that Jesus has made available for us. And trust your life into his ever-present care and control. He loves you, and he will help you endure. There are 10 principles that you can remember as you are suffering and going through struggles. Don't forget why you are suffering. Remember your purpose and whom you serve. 
Remember that you are a prisoner of Christ and not of the circumstances or other people. Keep going back to the things you know to be true from God's word. Keep doing whatever God has called you to do. Trust God to deal with those who oppose the truth. Remember times in the past when the Lord delivered you and rescued you. Rely on the resources God has given you, the gift of God, the indwelling of his spirit. Remember that you are not alone in your suffering. No matter how difficult things are today, you can face the future with hope. Trust in the truth of the scriptures. In all of your suffering, remember Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, hardship, grief, sickness, persecution come and it tempts us to quit and to throw in the towel and say, what's the use? That's what these scriptures will be talking about today, that Paul was suffering. Paul was enduring a terrible time in his life. Paul, as he was suffering and his companions uh, knew that whatever it is they were going through and struggling with, that they were unable to change their circumstances by their own power, strength, and intellect. In fact, they believed that the circumstance was going to kill them. We all have faced some trials in our life, and some of them have been by, uh, beyond our own power. But guess what, church? Never beyond the power of God. Paul makes some profound statements in our scripture text. They are deep. They cause you to pause. They cause you to think that how is it that Paul can make these statements from verses 3 through 7 in the text. How can Paul say uh, with such confidence and such boldness that God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort? How does Paul know that? Paul said in the text, he, he will, God will comfort us in all of our troubles. And he says this, God will shower us with his comfort. Then he says, we are confident that as you share in our suffering, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. How, church, how? How is it that Paul can say uh, these things with such confidence? How can Paul be so bold to make these declarations for believers and future believers to read and to know that God will comfort us in all of our troubles? I'm so glad you asked this morning. See, Paul was probably the greatest missionary of all times, yet Paul experienced suffering time and time again. My brothers and my sisters, if Paul wasn't exempt, guess what? We aren't exempt. Paul in the text was suffering. Paul was going through some difficult times. In fact, Paul said, uh, I know y'all heard all of the stuff that I've said in verses 3 through 7, but I'm going to come clean in verse 8. 
Paul says, I'm going to tell you how it is that I can make these profound statements about God and his covering of those who are suffering. It's in the text. I'm in the Bible. In verse 8, he says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through when we were traveling through the providence of Asia. He said in the text that we were crushed uh, and, uh, and overwhelmed beyond our own ability to endure. In fact, we never expected to live through the ordeal. My brothers and sisters, we don't know what Paul was struggling with. We don't know what Paul was going through, but we do know from the text that it almost, and he was hoping that death would come. I believe that the scripture purposely omits what Paul was dealing with because whatever you are dealing with in your own life, whatever you are struggling with, whatever you are going or having to endure, whatever suffering that might be occurring in your life, that's it, the, the suffering might be so tough and so deep, you are literally hoping not to wake up tomorrow. Whatever you're dealing with is beyond your own strength and your own power, and now you can infuse yourself in this text. Paul is saying about his struggles. Paul literally stretches and strains the human language to explain and express to us how dire his circumstances were. He said that they were under great pressure. They were weighed down far beyond their ability to endure. That whatever it is they were suffering with was beyond their own strength to find an answer. Paul said that they were literally uh, in despair of their life. Paul said that when they looked around, they didn't see an exit or an escape of how to get out of their circumstances. He said, the ordeal was so tough that we felt like in our hearts that we had just been handed a death sentence. And we were merely waiting to die. Paul said, I felt like a man on death row who had all of his appeals were running out and he was waiting on his death date to come. But then Paul says in the text that God moved in his situation that God, by his infinite power and wisdom, said that he, he rescued them out of the situation, and it was literally like they were being raised from the dead. Paul denotes that we can count on God to move in our circumstances as dire as they are to preserve and to keep us intact and alive. And so Paul says, I learned to have a complete dependence upon God and not a reliance on oneself. I'm in the scripture. Look in verse 9. He said, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, in other words, this is what we learned. We stopped relying on ourselves. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. He said, Paul, we learned in our and through our suffering that it was beyond our ability. We couldn't throw enough money at it. We couldn't see enough doctors. We couldn't get the right diagnosis. We couldn't call enough psychic headlines and, 
and reading our horoscope to find the answer. We tried everything we could in our own power, and we found out that it was not good enough. And so when he said, I'm in the text, he says, we stop relying on ourselves, watch this, and learn to rely only on God. See, there ought to be some rejoicing in here. He said in the text, <laughs> my strength, my power, my intellect was not enough. In fact, I believe the circumstances was going to kill me. And what I learned through it, Brother John, is to rely on God. And watch this. He said, who raised the dead? And he says in the text, he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. And here it is. We have placed our confidence in him. And not our own strength. And he adds to the promise, mama. He said, and he will continue to rescue me. Oh, bless his name. See, like Paul, we must learn to trust the Lord. That's why Paul can make those statements in the text in verse 3 when he says, God is a father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Paul says, I know because I experienced his mercy. See, mercy means to have compassion and pity and mercy. It means that we are to look upon a person's need and have compassion and mercy upon them. When we are in the midst of our struggles and our suffering, it is God himself who extends his mercy. Watch this in the text. The text, I'm, 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 God is not the God of mercy, but the Father. Oh, that's a big difference and distinction in the text. Let me help you out. See, God's very nature, and Steve's going to sing about it a little later, God's very nature is to behave when we are in the midst of our struggles and suffering. It is his will and his character to respond to our pain as a father. He is willing to extend himself in any way possible to relieve the suffering of his children. Is there any earthly father that would not go to his extent to relieve the suffering of his children? then how much more is God? He's the father of mercy. And when he dispenses his mercy in our situation, he's dispensing it, dispensing it as a father would. He is our father who is full of mercy and compassion. And he says in the text that he will shower us with his comfort. Comfort in the text, y'all. Comfort means to uh, come by the side of another, to relieve and support and to give solace and consolation and encouragement. But the underlying meaning that is carried in the word is that, that through comforting that we receive strength, that we become enabled, and we have confidence to endure. How many of you know that in life, 
you're either headed to a storm, in the midst of a storm, or on the verge of coming out of a storm. And in every step of that process, our Heavenly Father is ready to come alongside of us and provide comfort, relief, and support, and solace that even in the midst of our struggle, we can have confidence and encouragement that I'm not in this thing all by myself. That he is there providing us with the strength to carry on. The word comfort is the same in the text is used as it's used in reference to the Holy Spirit. The title, the name of the Holy Spirit is the comforter. We've been promised to get the, have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as our Savior. In verse 4, God comforts the sufferer. But the comfort that God provides with us has a very a specific reason attached to it. It is so that we might be a testimony to others who are suffering. So that as they go through their trials, tribulations, and the, and the discomforts of life, that because we've gone through it and we've experienced the comfort and the mercy of God that we can then share with them. Oh, I wish I could get some help in here. Listen. I shared in the first service, um, there was a sister who I, I do her hair. She's my client, has been for years, and also a good friend. Uh, just recently, a few months ago, lost her 50-year-old daughter to cancer. Um, and she was sitting in the beauty shop the other day and in my chair, and she said, I keep getting letters from folk who are being diagnosed with cancer, diabetes, and other diseases. And they're asking me if I would help. They're saying, we know that you've been through something very similar to this. And what we have noticed is your strength. And so if you could please share with us the secrets that helped you through your difficult circumstances and losing your only daughter. And she was saying, Jeff, I don't know why God is using me. Why folk are coming to me, making these demands of me. I, I, I can't handle that. Let, let me tell you something. Let me help you. There's a story in the Bible There's a man who was having a dinner party. And in the midst of this dinner party, somebody comes in and interrupts the dinner party and tell him that all of his children have been, been killed and that all of his property has been destroyed. What this young man didn't know, that Satan had gone, was going to and fro between the earth. And, and he gets, Satan gets an audience with God, and he said, God said, what you doing, Satan? He said, I'm just trying to find somebody's life I can mess up. I'm trying to find somebody's life I can destroy. And watch this. This is so crazy. God recommended Job. He said, have you considered 
my servant Job? Lord, please don't recommend me for that. <laughs> he, said, he said, in fact, you can do whatever you want to him, just don't take his life. And Satan went to work. And Job was suffering. Why would God sick Satan on Job? Because God knew he could trust Job. He knew that despite his suffering, Job would never deny his power. He knew that whatever what was going on, that God was yet still in control. His body was covered with sores and boils. His wife was cussing him out. And, Paul, and, and Job's response was, for God I live and for God I die. Naked I came into the world and naked I'll leave. In other words, in other words, I came here with nothing, I'll leave with nothing. And so what God is asking you right now, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your suffering, can you be trusted? Will you take what you've learned from your experiences and become a testimony to somebody else who is struggling with the same thing? Can God trust you? Can you say, in the midst of your struggle, for God I live and for God I die? So, we're supposed to remember point two. Remember that you are a prisoner of Christ and not the circumstances or other people. Paul says that God will comfort all of us. Because we have experienced this comforting, we must make our testimony and witness to others and comfort them as they suffer. Verse 5 in the text, I, my, I love verse 5. Verse 5 says this, God matches the comfort equal to the suffering. Some of, that, some of y'all going to catch up on the way home. In the car. God says, despite what you are going through, despite how much pressure and weight is on you, and you're feeling crushed and weighed down by the process, God said, I'm going to send at least that much comfort your way. He said, I'm not going to leave you there, brother, without the help and support you need to get through it. I'm going to shower you. It's in the text. Watch this. The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ Jesus. The suffering of Christ is the reason that this statement is made by Paul. Christ bore every kind of suffering unimaginable to men, even suffering death. 
Christ went through every bit of, okay, well, I'm going to make a believe you. He was born to an unwed mother. He was born to poor parents. He imagined, uh, experienced unimaginable sorrow. He was raised in a desolate place. He had to go to work to support his mama and his brothers and his sisters. He was hated by other religious leaders. He was accused of being insane and being possessed by devils. Men hated and rejected him. His friends, when he needed them in the most intimate moments of his time, abandoned him and left him alone. He went to court and he was charged with a crime that he wasn't guilty of and sentenced to death. Jesus understands every level of suffering that we might have to go through. That's why whenever we are suffering, he knows exactly what it takes to comfort us. And so in verse 6 and 7 of the text, This verse is deep. He said, even when we are weighed down with trouble, trouble and tribulations in the text, I stated it earlier, means to be weighted down exceedingly. They were being pressed and crushed by the situation. It becomes a picture of a beast of burden carrying a load that's too heavy. And see, that's how we can feel sometimes when we're going through the troubles and the trials and the tribulations of life. And what Paul wants us to understand this morning, church, is that God will comfort each and every one of you as you go through your trials and tribulation. He promises never to leave you alone and forsake you. Too often, church, when we are going through difficulties, we start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start having pity parties, and we want special attention. But we as believers must never let this happen. That's what those preceding verses are all about. When you are going through suffering, the brothers and sisters of the faith ought to seek you out and provide consolation and comfort for you. When somebody is struggling in our midst, God uses that suffering to stir folk to salvation. In other words, I was telling you about the sister. When folk saw her strength and resolve in losing her only daughter, they said, I want to know the same God you serve. It ought to stir us. To salvation. God, God uses suffering to increase our endurance. Colossians 1 and 11 says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all of the glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need and that you may be filled with joy. God gives us the strength to either go into the storm, through the storm, and to come out of the storm, and he gives us the endurance to hang in there till it's all over. That's what Paul wants us to learn in the text. And lastly, and most importantly, 
He wants us to understand that God uses stuff, the suffering to stir us to share our testimony among other believers. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, By his divine love, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by the coming to know him, Jesus, the one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and his excellence. One of the biggest weapons that God has provided for us, the believer, one of the greatest powers that is available for us is the power of prayer. There is power in prayer. There is no need for us to carry our burdens alone. We need to learn to turn them over to him. We can have a little talk with Jesus and tell him all about our troubles. We can take everything to God in prayer. We should make our requests known to God and he will supply what it is you need. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, God will give, 1 Peter 5 and 7, give your worries and cares to God. Watch this. For he cares about you. Paul's exhortation to the church simply means that we're to have confidence in God's justice. We are to turn our fears and our worries over to God and express the truth that God has for us. We are to turn our fears over to him in prayer because he cares for us. When we as believers are experiencing persecution and suffering, the appropriate Christian response is to humble yourself before God by submitting yourself to him, turning your worries over to him, and let him bring you through. And he will allow you to experience the justice, the peace, and the confidence that he has promised us in times just like these. If we submit to God, he will deliver us. He will undergird us with strength when we find out that our own power is not enough. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. With exceeds everything comes understanding his peace will guard your hearts and your minds and you will live in Christ Colossians 10 1 and 10 says this then the way you live will always honor God and please the Lord you will live lives that produce every kind of good fruit and all of the while you will grow as you learn to know God more and more I'm going to close with this this morning. There is power in association with other believers in prayer. We are indeed our brother's keeper. Ecclesiastics chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 says this. Two are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. 
But if someone falls alone, they're in real trouble. Likewise, two people are lying close together, can keep warm, can keep each other warm. But how can he be warm by himself? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two standing back to back can be conquerors. Watch this. Three is even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We are to carry each other's burdens. When one of us suffer, we all suffer. When one of us rejoice, we ought to all rejoice. The one thing we can do is pray together. We can't all talk at the same time because you won't understand the conversation. But the one thing we can do is pray for one another. I've asked the question this morning that as you experience suffering and struggles in your own life, God is asking the question this morning, can I trust you? Can I trust you despite what you're going through? And you experience the love and the comfort of God. Will you share that with somebody who's standing in the real place of need? Can I trust you? And I'm going to ask you, Crossroads, to do something this morning. For those of you who are able to stand, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I'm, ask, I'm going to ask that you join hands with your neighbors on either side of you. And what I'm going to ask you to do, you may not even know them. But you don't have to because God does. But I'm going to ask you to pray for the persons on either side of you. That even in the midst of their struggle, their situation in their life, God can and will deliver them. That they can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding if they are willing to trust you. The person standing next to you and you're holding their hand might not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Pray for them that they might come into the knowledge and the truth of God's only Son who died for our, our, our ability to live with God forever and forgive all of our sins. God said, can I trust you to care about your brother, to care about your sister? Because if I can, I'll use you. I will use you to go and to help somebody else. Brother, God can use you through your struggles to help somebody else. Mom, you've been a comfort and a giver your whole life, but God still has something for you to do. 
even in your advanced age. God has something for you to do. Can I trust you? Pray for your neighbor. You can pray out loud, but pray. Glory, God. Honor, God. Father, we thank you that we've cried out to your Father days gone by and you've been faithful. You've brought us through some really difficult times. And Father, I've learned that when I'm not relying on my own strength but relying on you, that I'll find you to be a faithful God. I thank you, God, that in your word you said you will never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, God, that we heard in the word this morning that you will shower us with the same comfort as our suffering. We thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you sent your only begotten son into the world that whomsoever believe in him shall be saved. Father, we thank you. We ask and claim peace, deliverance, and healing for all of those under the sound of my voice. That they will recognize you. That they will be a testimony and a mouthpiece for you. And that we love each other with the love of Christ. That when one of us struggle, we all struggle. And when we all, when one rejoice, we all rejoice together in you. You are a great God. You deserve all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our love belongs only to you because you first loved us. And every blood-bought believer in Christ says amen and amen. As the choir sings, hallelujah.